Hey everybody, it's Payday, and you're listening to The Payday Podcast with your host, Samantha Mantra, me. Today's podcast is all about the bills. What are your bills and do they keep you up at night? This episode is about how we put the bills back in their place as a function of your life and not the nightmare of 5 p.m. on the 5th. So let's start out. Do you know your bills? Do you have them memorized or are you in auto-pay denial? Before we dive right into the subject, let's get some clarity on what a bill is. I know, simple from the top, but I want to be clear, a bill is not debt. That means that I'm not talking about student loans, credit cards, or even car payments this episode, because everything I just listed has an interest rate attached to it. And you may find that you have more debt than bills, but this this episode is talking about the bills, aka stuff that you pay every month or once a quarter or even once a year that doesn't have an interest rate. It's just literally the price of life. Don't worry, the conversation around debt will be coming soon. But Because a bill is something that you pay because it's necessary to your life or you've contractually agreed to it, like rent, utilities, subscriptions, gym memberships, etc., I have a couple questions for you. Three questions. So my first question is, do you know your bills? Are you the type of person who, yep, I know my cable bill is $128.75, my cell phone bill is $52.36, and my rent is $1,250 for the room that I'm renting? Are you that type of person who can just rattle off the numbers down to the cents? Or are you the person on the other end of the spectrum who's just like, all I know is that my bills are on auto pay, I don't owe anybody, and at the end of the month, they have $200 left over. That's all I know. Both of those people have a slightly unhealthy relationship with money. One is really like fascinated and maybe fanatical about knowing what the number is, and the other person is just going with the flow. And that's not always the healthiest approach when it comes to our finances. You should be in control. It's your money that's paying for these things. And when I ask you, do you know your bills? I'm not just talking about the number. I'm also talking about the dates. So depending on how you get paid, you might be hyper aware of when you get paid and when your bills hit your bank account. And this is more typical for folks who are employed in hourly paid work, but it absolutely spills over to folks who are getting paid on a weekly, bi-weekly, or semi-monthly basis. My question here is, do you keep it in your head, the amount that you pay for a bill and the day that you're getting charged? For example, do you say things to yourself like, I get charged for utilities on the 5th, on the 8th I pay for transit, and on the 15th I pay for rent, and then subscriptions come out on the 20th. And if you've memorized the payment dates like that, it's because you either currently have a very tight financial situation or you have in the past. And I want to say it out loud, keeping the dates and the numbers in your head like that is actually really stressful in the long run because it's taking up, you know, hardware space in your brain, for lack of better word. On the flip side, if you are completely divorced from your bills, if you're just like, it's on auto pay and I don't look at it because then my blood pressure rises, That's also not the healthiest thing either because you're keeping yourself ignorant and keeping yourself ignorant means that you're disempowering yourself from making financial choices that will benefit you in the long run. To both of those types of folks, whether you have stuff memorized or you're trying your best not to look at it, I say take a deep breath. It's important to know that you actually do have options. Okay, question two. What is the bill that stresses you out the most? 
This is not always the thing that is the most expensive. Is it the cell phone bill? Because it's a non-negotiable for you. You absolutely need a cell phone for the job and the plan that you're on is paying off the phone, but now you're gonna have to be in for a tight couple months as you pay the phone off. Or maybe it's because you put it on a card and we're gonna have to talk about credit cards in a separate episode, but you're like, it's not a credit card, the bill is paid, it's auto paid. And there's a level of hands or over the eyes. If I don't look at it, I don't see it, therefore it's not real. But identify what, if any of your bills stress you out the most. And I know for a lot of people out there, that's probably gonna be rent. Question three, have you ever negotiated your bills? This could be anything from a utility bill to a credit card bill. A typical example I use is moving the payment dates around. What can happen, and it's really common that it happens, that all our bills hit within the same pay cycle. And that usually means there's a tight couple of days until the next pay cycle hits, regardless of how you're getting paid. And so when money is in the account again, we breathe easier. And if this is something that's happened to you multiple times, have you ever considered negotiating your payment dates? It's actually usually a really simple request. You call up the company and say, I would like to change my payment date from the 7th to the 17th. I'd like to be charged on the 12th instead of the 5th. Getting you a little bit closer to your payday, however you get paid, whether you're weekly, bi-weekly, or semi-monthly. And then you're able to stretch your money a little bit more, even though you're paying the exact same amount because you're not getting down past whatever the minimum in your checking account is that you're comfortable with. So getting some breathing room by moving our payment dates around, that's helpful, that's important. But if the number that we're paying remains the same, a lot of folks are still gonna be stuck. So this is where it becomes important to discuss negotiating payment plans. Anyone can do this, but it requires patience and probably clearing an afternoon to speak to customer service representatives. And if you've never done this before, you're gonna wanna clear out probably like four hours of your time because customer service has been an intense experience the last 11 months. But if you stick to it and you remain polite, you will almost always be able to negotiate this down. You can even negotiate utilities to a certain extent. For those of you who are in New York, Con Ed has been offering flat rate pricing for those affected financially by the pandemic. There are ways to negotiate that do not end with you just putting it on a credit card. If you cannot afford to pay something, negotiate with them. Unlike credit or debt, bills are not usually a part of your credit history. They're just based on whether or not you paid a minimum for the last however many months. But if you're struggling with bills, one, change the payment date. Two, negotiate with them. See if you can get a lower price or a different version of the service. Three, switch providers. Why are you paying for something that makes you upset? Look for better options, and I recognize they may not always be better options, but definitely hop on to customer service and let them know politely. Remember that the customer service rep is not the person who's providing you with the subpar quality service that you're paying for, but you will stay on that line and move around until you find someone who will negotiate with you to break up whatever the bill was over the course of three months, for example. Remember, the key here is no interest rates. The very last thing I want to say about bills when it comes to the numbers is TNCs, aka the terms and conditions. Now, I know this is a very dramatic example, but it's been heavy on my mind the last two weeks as I've watched Texas go through a weather crisis and then get hit with ridiculous utility bills. The utility companies in Texas basically did, in plain English, surcharge pricing. If you live in any big city, you have seen what Uber and Lyft surcharge pricing looks like. Now imagine that happening to your utility bill. 
it is important, no matter what it is, to actually read the documents that you sign. We have to slowly defeat the idea of, click, I agree to all terms and conditions. Read your agreements with the company. Ultimately, it's your hard-earned money that you're working for, and you should understand how your money gets applied to the things that are making your life possible and hopefully comfortable for you. But the bills aren't just about the money that you pay. The bills are also about the psychological stress of paying for things that you don't want to pay for. And that could be literally anything. An internet bill you fought with a company about too many times and just being frustrated with the service. It could be a cleaning fee that you pay to make your life easier, but you're really just moving money around trying to figure out how to afford that particular service, and it's kind of canceling out the whole point that it was to make your life easier. It doesn't matter what it is. I just want you to be able to answer, what, if any, bills stresses you out? Take a couple of minutes and identify it. And I want to remind you again, when I'm talking about the bills, I'm not talking about debt. I'm talking about bills, aka it does not have an interest rate on it. It usually gets charged to you once a month, quarterly, like car insurance or home insurance, or maybe once a year for some of the bigger bills. The bills are just what they are, part of paying for life. Whether it's $50 for X or $125 for Y, why does this bill stress you out? Is it just the inconvenience of it? Does it come at an inconvenient time? Do you have a lack of choices? Just because you have enough money to pay a bill doesn't actually mean that the stress goes away. You can have enough money and still be stressed out when you pay your bills. And this is where I'm going to talk a little bit about a really popular topic when people feel stressed out. Like, I'm just going to cut back. I'm going to cut back. Cut back on spending, see what bills I can get rid of. And if that's what you're thinking, I just want to first identify for you what is the area of stress. I encourage you to find that area of stress before you start making cuts because you don't want to make cuts that are unsustainable, particularly when it's necessities. So the biggest and most common black hole when it comes to bills is subscriptions. You may not be this person, but a lot of folks have a really unbelievable amount of money in subscriptions because they've never actually added up how much they spend across all of them. You might have one subscription, but probably have somewhere between three to seven subscriptions. You have your Apple Storage, your Spotify, your Netflix, your Hulu, your Amazon Prime. Maybe you have a gaming subscription. Maybe there's a beauty subscription box. Maybe you're still signed up for that gym from before the pandemic. It has been almost 12 months, y'all. You've been paying for a gym for 12 months that you have not gone to. Please make sure you cancel if you've been paying for something that you haven't been using. The first place to look at when you're thinking of cutting back is subscriptions. Do you, have you ever added up all of your subscription costs and do you use even half of them? You don't have to be in a tight financial situation to stop nickel and diming yourself. You could be quite comfortable, but ultimately I value every dollar you make and your dollars belong with you, not at outside companies. Now, there is a difference in the types of bills that hit monthly, quarterly, or yearly. And those are the quarterly and yearly bills are the types where you go, oh, sugar snaps, that's due this month, isn't it? And it's probably insurance. It's probably auto insurance, renter's insurance, home insurance. And the easiest way, in my opinion, to make sure you don't have a, oh, shucks moment is to simply fold quarterly or annual expenses into your monthly bills. So if you have a quarterly insurance bill that's $300, just as an example, made the number up, 
Set aside $100 each month to pay that bill. Make it part of your monthly bills so that you never really lose track of how much your bills cost throughout the entire year. And if you've been with a company, especially an insurance company, for one, two, three, or however many years and you've been a faithful, loyal customer, call them up and say, hi, I've been a loyal customer. I see that your competitors have offered me X rates. What can you do for me? And that requires, I'll be honest, a certain level of confidence. But when you do that, you're ending up saving money in the long run. Say, hey, I've been satisfied with your service. I'm really interested in sticking with you for another year or two years. But your competitor is tempting me. Is there a way you can meet their offer? That puts money right back in your bank account, which as far as I'm concerned is where it belongs so that you can grow yourself financially. Negotiating your bills includes bills that are paid out quarterly or annually or biannually. Whether you're in a tight situation or a comfortable situation, your money belongs with you wherever possible so that you can grow, so you can make your life easier. Speaking of ways to make your life easier, if you're getting ready to start a podcast and you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the easiest way to get started. It's free. Anchor distributes your podcast for you across multiple platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Their app allows you to edit straight from your phone or computer, and there's no minimum listenership to start earning revenue. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, so I want to go back to talking a little bit more about the financial aspects of bills. Because in an ideal world in which we do not live, bills are a functional line item. They're a checkbox. I paid rent, I paid my internet bill, I paid three subscriptions, and that's the extent of my bills. Maybe I have a little bit of debt and variable expenses, but those are my bills. Those are the things that happen every month, once a quarter, twice a year an insurance bill that you've negotiated. And in that ideal scenario, someone who's calm about their bills, they're either A, making enough money, or B, not disturbed by the fact that they have bills every month. And like I talked about a little bit earlier in the podcast, if you've ever been in a situation where you're counting every dollar that you make, it's because you have scarcity mindset still following you around, especially when you're making enough money to comfortably afford your bills. And I'm talking about the stress of paying a bill that you know you can't afford. To this day, I still have to take a really deep breath when I pay bills over a certain amount. Even though I know I've budgeted and I don't have the correct amount of money and there's no overdraft fees that is going to happen, I still have to take a deep breath and out loud sometimes remind myself I have enough money to pay this bill. And that's the psychological aspect of paying bills because bills will never go away. They're not like debt. You can pay off debt, right? You can negotiate bills, you could change the types of bills, but this is always going to be part of life. Life, death, taxes, and bills. They're perennials of any human life and certainly of modern day life. So how do you manage this in your head? Do you set time aside to sit down and look at your personal finances? Be honest, okay? I'm not here to make you feel bad. Most people don't, and it's okay if you don't. But is there a way for you to start to familiarize yourself with them in a way that doesn't piss you off? Because honesty, being honest with yourself about what bills you're paying that are important, will likely come at a time when what you're making is not going to be enough for what the bills are. And that's a moment of shock that's pretty awful when you go, whoa, bills are now 50% of my income. How did that happen? That's what I want you to be able to avoid. The surprise that catches most Americans off guard when they realize that the bills have increased, but the money that they make hasn't kept up. And 
And if you should ever find yourself in that situation where you're like, oh, I need to make more money. How do I do that? I want to be honest with you. It's not going to be an overnight process. There's no click your heels and you're magically a millionaire solution. And anyone who's telling you that that is the case is someone who is taking wildly inadvisable risks or someone who is straight up lying to you and to themselves. If your bills are exceeding your income or taking up the majority income, if they're driving you into debt, the first step is negotiating your bills to create some breathing room for yourself and then to attack a job search strategy strategically. Implement a job search strategy. I know I said the word strategy multiple times. It's important because you cannot just work yourself like a workhorse. The solution is not to take on 80-hour work weeks. One of the keys to making this work for you is knowing how much you need to make before you go job searching. So making sure that you know I need X salary in order to break even and I need Y salary in order to break even and be able to start saving and have a quality of life again. Knowing how much you need to make to pay your bills and breathe before you go job searching will ensure that you don't take a job that pays less than you need to live. And I've seen this happen a couple times in the past. So I know that it is a thing that permeates our personal finance slash job search world, but people are very private about it. So it's very hard to get concrete data on. It's the worst feeling in the world to increase your income and realize that you might be able to break even, that you increased your income by like a 10K jump or a 15K jump, but you can't increase your quality of life. And that demoralizing feeling is what leads to this weird type of rationalization, a lifestyle rationalization, where you say to yourself things like, it doesn't matter, I'm never going to make enough to do X, so I'm just going to do it anyway and put it on a credit card. Or the bills are this and it just doesn't matter. And you stop you stop planning for the future because you can't really imagine a future. And you start rationalizing things to yourself and convincing yourself that things are a good idea because there's a level of exhaustion when it comes to your money. If you need to up your income, negotiate your bills, get yourself breathing time, make cuts where you can, or maybe make cuts to make yourself a little bit uncomfortable to motivate you, and sit back and analyze what you are doing and what you could be doing. Remember, I don't want you working one, two, three, four, or God forbid, five jobs, as I know folks have done in the past. I want you to look around at the job market and look for free resources, podcasts, blogs, mentors from your own your old college, people that you grew up with, and ask yourself, what could I make legally that will put my bills in its place as a function of my life, allow me to catch my breath, and put money back into a savings account that may have started to look a little emaciated. Money is a difficult topic because we don't talk about it. And when we do, we only talk about the numbers. We don't really talk about the psychological impact it has on us and the level of anxiety some of us have when we open up certain accounts. Good financial health is not just about having enough. It's about feeling like you have enough. Remember, bills are a function of your life, not the purpose of it. This is Samantha Mantra signing off. Take care and enjoy the rest of your payday.